Coming up in this episode of Diz Pop, we're going to be ranking all of the Marvel movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2, and maybe a little bit more in this episode of Diz Pop. Diz Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, joined today with my winter soldier, Craig Williams. No, hoy, hoy. I wish you'd, I don't know, if you should have had an arm missing or something silver on you. I don't know. I wasn't as creative with your introduction today. I feel bad. But I'm over it. That's so, okay. It'll be fine. <clears throat> you seem a little brokenhearted. So we did our ranking of the uh, movies of Phase 1 of yes. the Marvel Cinematic Universe not too long ago. Um, and it seems like this one's really close to it. And that is because in just a short time from the recording of this episode, the uh, much-anticipated, at least for me, I'm, I'm anticipating this movie quite a bit. I would call it highly anticipated. Highly anticipated uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 will be released. So we thought we'd uh, rank uh, Phase 2 and then uh, next week do a little review of Guardians of the Galaxy as uh, Pete has rented out the movie theater yet again for this uh, thing, the same way he did for us for Rogue One. So that was fun. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, so we're just going to dive right into it. How about that? No, oh, should we? We should. Well, before we dive too far into it, why don't you tell us what movies were in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to even start all the way back in Phase 1. So you may remember the Marvel Cinematic Universe was kicked off in 2008 with the Iron Man, the first Iron Man, not the Iron Man, just Iron Man, um, starring the uh, the very talented Robert Downey Jr. Um, and then we had the uh, uh, not great film, The Incredible Hulk, that followed it up with the cameo of Robert Downey Jr. in the credits there. And then uh, we didn't have a Marvel movie in 2009, at least a Marvel Cinematic Universe Marvel movie. Yes. There was an X-Men movie, maybe, but uh, maybe not. I, can't, I don't actually remember. But um, then we had Iron Man 2 in 2010, Thor in 2011, and Captain America, the uh, first Avenger in 2011, followed by just one Marvel movie the following year, The Avengers. Yes. 2012, which I would put at the top of phase one. Uh, excuse me. I am recovering from a cold. I apologize. Mm, no. Now, uh, that brings us to uh, uh, phase three, which was kicked off with Iron Man 3 in 2013, followed by Thor The Dark World, also in 2013, Captain America The Winter Soldier 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy was 2014, and then uh, Avengers Age of Ultron 2015, um, ending phase two with Ant-Man in 2015. And so right now, uh, phase three was kicked off uh, earlier at the beginning of last year with uh, Captain America Civil War, uh, followed by Doctor Strange, which introduced us into the... Um, what's the realm, I want to say? The, um, the physical? Metaphysical? No, not metaphysical. The you know, spiritual? Uh, they said it a million times to us at D23. Yeah, and it's even been beyond that. I've written a review on... Um, I wrote a review on Doctor Strange as well as for the Blu-ray release, and I can't, for the life of me, think Gosh. of what the terminology was. Because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is the cosmic realm, right? Because it's the cosmos, right? And then um, this was the... Oh, my goodness. Kevin Feige said it... Um, they said it a million times, so they were really, like, nailing it home. I can't remember right now. But anyway, that kicked off that portion of the... Uh, it all started. Remember Iron Man? The mystical Man, universe. The mystical, yes. So we've got mystical, we've got cosmos, because Iron Man was... The start of that was all about everything's grounded in science. So that that first part of the universe was all science until then aliens got involved, which is still science. But they that was when we got more into the space... You know, tip the needle. Uh, but anyway, so that so uh, we got kicked off last year with Captain America Civil War, like I said, and then Doctor Strange at the end of the year. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is our first MCU movie of the year, May 4th, followed by Spider-Man Homecoming on July 7th with Thor Ragnarok, November 3rd. And then uh, we've got some for next year as well, which includes the Black Panther, um, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and then the following year, Captain Marvel, 
another Avengers movie and Spider-Man sequel. And then also... Well, yeah, but you have to point out that Spider-Man Homecoming 2 will kick off Phase 4. Is that official? Yes. Okay, so there was not originally an official cap at the end of 3, 2, 4 or whatever. Or I, I wasn't sure whether Avengers 2 was the end or the beginning of a new phase. Yeah, I believe it just was announced in the past like week or so moving up to the guardians mm-hmm. uh outlined i don't know if it's been publicized that much but i i read at least two articles that made claim that spider-man 2 would be the first to start phase four well they are they have been discussing quite a bit that phase four may in fact be the beginning of like phaseless the phaseless future is yeah. that they may from now on just be movies and um they're that that they're getting rid of the interconnected universe but that Rather than having it be these phase one, phase two, phase uh, the three. The fans are still going to say that it's in phase four or whatever. I mean, well, phase four it. could be forever. This That could be from now on, you know what I mean? Until all of a sudden one day, like Kevin Feige retires, a new guy takes over, and they're like, okay, well, then that's the end of four, and now we have five, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 essentially just changing. The other the other rumor is that phase four is going to be this, the reboot of the of the franchises so essentially (sighs) in the comics steve rogers is not captain america i mean he is captain america but sam wilson is also captain america and then uh jane oh my goodness i can't remember thor's girlfriend's name jane something is uh thor and then um riri williams is captain america not captain america iron man i have lost my train of thought characters take over the roles of heroes that they weren't before um yeah when the name has surpassed the person who is inside the suit, essentially. What are you, Christopher Nolan directing a Batman movie over there? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so, um, but there's, a, honestly, there's a lot to look forward to in the future. Super excited about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, also looking forward to that, even though I find the older I'm getting, the less relatable. Spider-Man keeps getting younger and younger. Um, we're like aging and we're passing we're strangers in the night um yeah i mean uh, i am very hopeful for the future but as of right now looking at the the list of phase three uh when the weakest thing on that list to me does look like spider-man homecoming then which, I'm which it doesn't look that bad but it, yeah i see what you're saying like I, I thor ragnarok is definitely a highlight for me you know yeah. we enjoy the uh the how do you say his name taka watiti yeah um, uh, if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, I will, or, you know, recommend that movie till the, the end of time. That movie is hilarious. I'm pretty excited for the black Panther filmed as well. Uh, um, with Ryan Coogler directing who I looked up, he's a year younger than me. It makes me sad, but he did Creed and Fruitville station, but I really enjoyed the black Panther and civil war. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with that. And, um, and then, obviously, the Russo brother, uh, they're brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, doing uh, the both the Avengers movies coming up because they did such a wonderful job with the Winter Soldier and such a good job with Civil War. Yeah, I uh, and that's you know as much as uh, as much as um, Age of Ultron kind of left us with. Not so much a sour taste in our mouth. I think both you and I enjoyed it yeah. right after it came out. As time has gone on, it's fallen further and further down the list of Marvel movies that I would think are of uh, of a higher quality. But, um, you know, I, I think the Avengers are going to have a bounce back with Infinity War. That's, that's what I'm that hoping, comes yeah. Out. Yeah, and, you know, with Ant-Man, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, and Paul Rudd so so excellent for that role oh, perfectly cast and yeah. now now that he already has his origin story set up i am so excited to see yeah what happens in the sequel because Ant- i think he's going to be able to really flourish ant-man and the wasp is definitely something i'm looking for too because i feel like the first one had you know a very publicized uh, troubled road to creation yeah it, it, if you remember edgar wright was originally going to direct it i think essentially what ended up happening was it it didn't align itself with the vision for the cinematic universe, and he departed very last minute. Um, you know, unfortunate because he's definitely one of my favorite directors, um, stylistically, and I just enjoy the stories he comes up with. But um, I think in the end, though, 
the movie came out pretty well. Funny, lighthearted, um, a nice original take. But I agree with you. I think the second one's going to be far superior because I think it'll it'll take what everything it did right and then it'll kind of go even further with it. You know? Yeah. No, it, it, as long as they keep Michael Pena around, for I, the I, ride, that's I, yeah, perfect. exactly. Yeah, that worries me that they would get rid of him. He's very funny. Um, I am also excited because James Gunn has said that he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and he said that pretty much that 1, 2, and 3 are going to act as one Guardian story, pretty yeah. much. So it's going to have beginning, middle, and end. Um, not to say that Guardians are going away or anything, but that they're, that this just tells like their kind of emotional journey together. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal with Guardians. Um, it's while we have come to know and love this set of of guardians all together uh guardians is very similar to x-men or the avengers in that they actually it's not always the same core group yeah exactly so um you know this is this is the story of these these characters for it and who knows what we'll see in the future we might see uh a spinoff of just uh rocket and groot could be could be more well rocket's got his own comic book that's yeah pretty popular too exactly. so i wouldn't i wouldn't put that you know those those things sell toys too. Yeah. Um, on that side note too, you did mention X Men, and I know it's not in the Disney MCU, but um, I they are they did announce there's like three X Men movies coming out next year. There's going to be uh, Josh Boone who did, I think he did, um, uh, the Fault in Our Stars. Um, but uh, he's directing a movie called The New Mutants um, that we don't really know like anything about yeah he did the fall in our stars um and then there is they just confirmed that x-men uh, dark phoenix will be coming out in like the, i think mm. it's the end of next year november um and uh um so i'm excited about that hopefully that's with james mcavoy and then there was a third one and i cannot remember what it is at the moment so I but believe, there were three i believe it was a la la land in x-men mashup yes so what would that be called um pass professor xavier's dance town <laughs> sure <laughs> which makes no sense at all because he's in a wheelchair so yeah. that's very offensive but good job uh professor xavier if you're out there i do apologize um i'd like to believe that patrick stewart or james mcavoy are both listening at any given moment most likely unlikely. i mean i follow him on twitter it would it would be rude for him not to be i would uh, most likely unlikely <laughs> if we're taking bets um but yeah so there's a lot of uh you know a lot of a lot of marvel superhero movies like yeah. i do feel like there's that fatigue that seems it, i'm not i'm starting to feel i don't want to say tired of it because i'm not tired of it they're, they're in the right they're in the sweet spot right now you know what i mean each movie has been very individual it's it's been very you know what I mean like the the Winter Soldier was like the political thriller then we got our space opera in Guardians and um, Civil War was like a pseudo Avengers and um you know but like you know we're fighting each other and you're like okay so each movie's been drastically different Doctor Strange obviously went into the mystical area so as long as they kind of keep up this originality abandoning their formula a little bit i think i'm still gonna be okay yeah i see i don't get the fatigue as much because they are still very well written well casted and um i you know there have been hits and misses here and there but while they still while they still retain a sense of originality and uh they they feel worthwhile i'm happy to keep watching them oh uh, yeah yeah at the end of the day they are they are just blockbusters um, that's, yeah. that's exactly what they are. These aren't art films. And so, yeah, you might say, well, I wish there was, I wish there was more stuff that didn't deal with superheroes, but let's be honest. A lot of blockbusters too are essentially normal people. They, they are kind of based around normal people getting thrust into situations where they take on these superhero qualities to help save the day, whether it's, uh, you know, Kong skull Island, normal people that have to. Yeah. overcome to survive this island uh godzilla same uh, kind of concept yeah. and uh, then you even look at one of the biggest hyped movies of last summer independence day resurgence a sequel based on the movie that everyone loved especially oh, our age so growing terrible. up and they just they just bombed it so um it, that's you know while until marvel kind of 
you know, gets off path from what they're doing. They don't, it, when they stop doing things the right way and they lose that originality, that witty, quick writing, uh, the great direction and great casting, then maybe I'll get the fatigue on it. But for now, they're just creating blockbusters of a of the next quality mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. should be hoping for. And that's why that's why Craig Williams does not get that fatigue. <laughs> well, I you know I'm I'm a, I, I should I don't even know where the feeling's coming from because honestly there isn't a single movie that I'm not excited for that's in this list of things coming out. So like I am I am still happy it is at its prime. I don't know. Maybe it's just a weird like I'm looking for the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Now that they've proven they can do such weird, strange things, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I want more. I I want to see. I kind of want them. Maybe I'm getting tired of the standalone film, and I want more of this crossover, like the Hulk being in Thor 3 and yeah. you know the team-up in Civil War, but maybe like more of the buddy cop thing where like two or three show up. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think we definitely will feel some fatigue after uh, the fourth Avengers movie because uh, as, as it's well known and not criticized over but talked about a lot, Civil War, although in the Captain America realm, was essentially the third Avengers movie. Yeah. And now, so that's, you know, it will get to the point where it feels like these characters are coming together just way too often. Um, yeah. And that that could hurt it because when you it break does, the it character... It makes it less special. Yeah. I mean, it was great for the first Avengers. The second one, not so much. Civil War backup. Uh, I think, I think, um, I think Avengers 3 and 4 will both pack a punch for sure. But mm. I... You know, when when the characters all come together while their personalities still get moments to shine, uh, it's the standalone movies where the characters really, really get to thrive. I agree. I completely agree. Um, The movie, the X-Men movie I was forgetting was uh, Deadpool 2. Yes. Yes, which uh, Thanos, uh, um, Josh Brolin, has signed for four movies to play Cable. Um, And if they do not make a joke in Deadpool 2 about Thanos... And that because they're in the same world too. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, they're not they're unrelated movies, but they're both Marvel properties. So um, I'm I'm hoping there's a there's a mention. I mean, we still haven't gotten a Chris Evans Johnny Storm mentioned, but whatever Johnny Storm. That's not his name. The Human Torch. Whatever. I'll be honest. I hate Fantastic Four. So. Oh no, they're they're some of my they. If you were to be like, what's the worst superhero movie you've ever seen made? I would say the Fantastic Four, the oldest one, then the second one. No, maybe the second one first, the first one, and then that other one that came out like two years ago. Yeah, as you know, as someone who really enjoys and loves everything about Chris Evans now, it was funny to think back to when that first Fantastic Four movie came out, and I thought to myself. Okay, this is the guy from Not Another Teen Movie. How <laughs> how did he find a way to make a movie worse than Not Another Teen Movie? Yeah. Well, and now I don't know if him, you so. saw his other masterpiece, Cellular, starring the kidnapped Kim Basinger, uh, which I actually did like that movie when it came out. Uh, the Science of Cell Phones, which was thrown out the window in the late '90s, early 2000s, as the Backstreet Boys, The Call, will let you know. Yeah, because uh, when your battery runs low, the cell phone signal does not drop out. But um, with that said, let's get into the ranking. Um, sure. So, like I said, Iron Man three. I'll just give you a little brief, quick thing over that. Iron Man three was the one to kick it off, directed by Shane Black. Um, you may or may not be familiar with him. Uh, he directed the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was Robert Downey Jr. Um, and uh, then he also directed uh, The Nice Guys uh, with Ryan Gosling and. Um, the Australian fella. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yes. Uh, that Australian Academy Award winning fella. Um, and The Nice Guys is a brilliant movie. Oh, it's phenomenal. I, that was a must purchase when it was released on Blu-ray for me. Um, if you haven't seen it, it is this really interesting period piece. I won't even describe the plot, but really good. Ryan Gosling at his best, always. Yeah, always. 70s. L.A. film noir almost. Yeah, but with the, with, a, with more the, humor than yeah. the dark aspects. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of unexpected twists and turns in it. Lots of fun. Um, so Iron Man 3 was released. Uh, he's also directing, Shane Black, sorry, real quick note, directing uh, Predator, the new Predator yeah. remake. But um, that was released May 3rd, 2013, and it did a it did pretty well for itself. It made $1.215 billion. Um, so... 
other than the second Avengers movie, that was the highest grossing in phase two, but um, released that same year, Thor, the Dark World, directed by Alan Taylor. Um, very, uh, he also directed a very, uh, very popular movie um, called Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would argue probably the best in the Terminator franchise. Please. <laughs> I know, it's the worst. <laughs> I wanted to like it. It had Matt Smith in it as the Skynet thing, and, and it had a really cool idea. Okay, if that movie had been marketed differently and they didn't ruin this, the whole freaking twist of events in the trailer for the movie, it probably would have like resonated a little better. Well, I mean, that's let's also look at the, the reason. Should we watch movie trailers? Do trailers just ruin everything now? I like teasers. Yeah. I like something that gives me the feel of what I'm going to get cinematically. But, yeah, I agree. Like, it, it's kind of like, don't tell me the plot of the movie. I just want to see a couple visuals and just let me know what's coming. You know? But most of the audience out there needs to see the plot or they won't waste their time going to see it. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you haven't seen the trailer of that movie and you're thinking about watching it, watch it and then let me know what you think. I'd be curious. But, anyway, he he got the job based on his work on Game of Thrones. Um, and that movie was released November 8th, 2013. It went on to gross $644.6 million. Uh, but it's got, it doesn't have the highest of ratings of all the movies. Um, then the following year, 2014, we saw two movies. That was Captain America, The Winter Soldier, um, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo of Community. And... Other various funny things. Um, but uh, that was released April 4th, 2014, and made $714.3 million. Um, and this one's still one of my favorites. Uh, it's kind of set as a... Ni- uh, like, they had that 90s political thriller vibe, if mm-hmm. you haven't seen it. Uh, you're crazy. But then that uh, this is when Marvel started taking risks, because later that year, in August 1st of 2014, James Gunn directed Guardians of the Galaxy hit the theaters, and it was an A-plus B-movie. Like, modeled after a B sci-fi movie, but it's an A-plus movie. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, one of, uh, that made, um, uh, I just lost that word. That one makes $773.3 million. So pretty good for an original, like, a first of its property. Uh, then uh, the following year, in 2015, we got our second uh, battle with the Avengers in Age of Ultron. Uh, again, directed by Joss Whedon, um, who... Uh, Famously had some struggles with the studio during this time because he was told he had to include some stuff and it wasn't allowed to be cut and it had to set up all these other stories. And essentially they took away all the freedom he had in the original movie. Um, so when you when you put Joss in a corner, Joss is not at his best. Not worst, but not, not best. But anyway, it's still, regardless of that, $1.405 billion. So this still worked out well for and them. And I'll even argue that Joss Whedon is best in... A short, short span of time. So, what do you do? You mean? understand what I mean? Like, you mean TV? He's best when he doesn't get the room to really stretch his legs and go as far as he wants to. With so, something. you think he's somebody that works best with restrictions applied to him? I, I think he's better off at one-off projects. A one-off projects, okay. Yeah. As opposed to, well, you know, honestly, I think Avengers is his first real, like, the big. I mean, you know, he he worked in TV, obviously, with, like, Buffy and yeah. Angel and that sort of stuff. But that's the one property, and the storytelling is different than a film. So maybe, maybe that could be true. But he is uh, directing uh, in talks or final negotiations or has signed, I'm not sure, whatever. But he's going to do the Batgirl movie for Warner Brothers. Um, so he's pretty psyched about that. And if there's one thing he does really well, it's strong female characters. So I actually, that gives me hope for their their franchise a little bit and uh just on a little side note real quick here did you hear that they're going to release five batman movies is yes. the aim for like his like 50 or 60th anniversary yeah yeah i don't know we we talked about this outside yeah like, all of it i think it's a terrible idea right it's like suicide squad 2 gotham city sirens uh batgirl the batman and then there's a nightwing movie all in one year I'm like that's a lot of batman movies it's just um, unnecessary but anyways, uh, the last movie in Phase 4 was Ant-Man, directed by Peyton Reed, released June 29th, 2015. Another kind of risk, and uh, $519.3 million. So it did, it did pretty well pretty well for itself. Uh, so let's just go through here, and uh, let's start at the bottom. Uh, Craig, what do you think is your least favorite in this six-film franchise? That is simple. Thor, The Dark World. I think we both agree on this. Now, um, for me, it's that uh, just you're going to stand yourself over there, huh? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought I hit it. <laughs> for uh, for me, 
I, I, I think I don't. I liked Lord of the Rings when I watched them on DVD, and then I watched them years later, and I'm like, maybe I don't like these as much as I thought I did. I think I just don't like fantasy that is entirely removed from reality. Like, I like fantasy like Harry Potter. Um, and I think I like the first Thor movie because it was still part of that whole, like, well, our magic is technology. You, we just That was how they, like, briefly explained and just threw away the magic stuff they do in the first Thor yeah, movie. Yeah, but, okay, so, but Lord of the Rings is... Also heavily based on symbolism. Yeah. So I I like I like what's the first one called the Fellowship. The, yeah, Fellowship yeah. of the Rings, and I like Return of the King, and I I liked them. I think maybe I just I I I I'm just have a sour taste in my mouth after the Hobbit. I didn't like any of those. Yeah. No, and I I agree with that. But but I also tried to watch. Um, oh gosh, there was something else I tried to watch and I was really like, nope, I do not like this, but um, that's I'm very hesitant about Game of Thrones. Everyone says it's fantastic, but I'm worried I'm going to go in and not like it, so that's why I'm, I haven't am i watched it yet, but but for me, Thor the Dark World just kind of falls a little ugh, it just like I don't like I don't like Natalie Portman's Jane Foster, that's her name uh, in, in the movie because it, it, she got contractually obligated, forced into the movie because the original director, Patty Jenkins, who is directing the Wonder Woman film, um, didn't get the or had the gig and then had creative differences. So she got she left or got the boot or something. And essentially, Natalie Portman was like, well, I don't want to do this movie anymore. And they were like, well, it's too late. You don't have a choice. So her acting job in this movie is not great it was uh your favorite actress is in this one though captain yeah blue um she uh, the movie's just very forgettable um there's nothing that really stands out in it uh you know people had a after the first thor people did have a love for thor and loki and then the avengers comes around and solidifies it even oh, yeah. more uh just really drives it home and then dark world kind of takes it took it my love that, of Thor away. Yeah, it, it took that that development of those characters, that build up, and it just kind of took it all in reverse to where yeah. it's like, okay, well, Thor's not as as fun, as witty, as as quick as you thought he was before. Loki, I, you know, Loki felt even weaker. He than just felt he crammed did. in yeah. too. Like they, I, I don't think they were originally going to have him in the movie as much as they were, and then the studio was like, "Well, people really like him, so we have to put him in the movie more." So it, it, yeah, he just felt kind of sad and frumpy. Like there is that one scene where he's in the cell, and it's like the fake. He's showing you yeah. like what he's acting like, and then it cuts to him against the wall, and his hair is all messy. And I was like, "God, let your hair down for a second, Jesus!" Yeah, like it made me laugh so much when it happened. Where I was just like, "It's all melodramatic." It it just was like, and then it just doesn't. The finale doesn't really amount to much, no, too. No. So it doesn't really hit for me. I also had a really really horrible movie theater experience with this with two idiot girls that wouldn't stop talking behind me the whole time. Like, and I asked them to stop talking. Then I shushed them. Then I yelled at them. And I don't do that. And it didn't stop. So they were a bunch of morons, though. So anyway, so uh, the moral of that story: be respectful of the ones around you. So sure. What's your next one on the list here? I know it's not going to be popular with you. Oh no. We're going to disagree. Okay. Then okay. They say are. it. Say it. It's Iron Man 3. Oh, Craig. Why do you Why do you like Is it because you don't like it or is it because there's too many good ones? No, it's... Because uh, I should no. say Thor, Thor the Dark World essentially is the only one in Phase 2 that I don't actually enjoy. I, I will agree with that. Thor the Dark World is the only one I would list as a bad movie like i will um, not I, if somebody we were at a party and they pulled out these six movies I'd, I'd only put that one aside and go this is the only one i'm gonna vote to not watch yeah i i, I believe it's the only bad one iron man 3 it's just i i was very vocal during the first round in my thoughts on iron man i really have only truly truly enjoyed and loved watching the first iron man movie three is not that bad um, much better than the train wreck that is too. Yeah. But uh, it's just I still I don't care about Tony Stark. I just don't like him. I like that they took the intensity of this movie up to like the the very next yeah. level. Like they went all out with it. Yeah. Um, like when the, the 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 helicopter comes and they shoot all the uh, the missiles at the house and like the suit flies onto 
uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, and, there's there's some amazing sequences like that one when he's um, jumping from suit to suit in the finale. Exactly. Yes. So this is made up with this movie's made up with a bunch of moments that I love in a movie that's otherwise just kind of slow and drags on for me. Like the you know when when he disappears off the map for the, the wild kid? in the kid yeah. from Jurassic World. Yeah, it just that part drags so much for me. It's okay. It's see, just not balanced well he, enough. For here's me. my argument for Iron Man three, and so Iron Man three is higher on my list. I'll I'll just say it when I get there. But um, I it was the first Iron Man movie where I was like, okay, now I understand why Tony Stark is Iron Man and not. He's not Iron Man because of his suit necessarily. Yeah. I think that was the journey. I think of all the movies that we – of all the heroes that we've had sequels of thus far, I think Iron Man 3 did a great job by the end of the movie of completing Tony Stark's story arc. Yeah. So if Tony stopped being an Avenger at the end of that movie and we never saw that character again, it would have made sense to me because he has yeah. the thing removed from his chest and it's all about like – I also liked that it had to do with the um, post-traumatic stress of the Avengers stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I can I can see what you're talking about, too, though. You know what I mean? It's because Tony Stark at, at in personality is still Tony Stark. Yeah. And I think with the character Iron Man, it's you either love him or you hate him. I agree. Yeah. So it's no kind of in the middle. All right. Well, so my number f- uh, my number five was actually Age of Ultron. So mm-hmm. I and it's not necessarily because I dislike it, and I struggled with this one and my number four, which is Ant Man, um, because my number five because I I tried to think like well which one would I put in and watch right now because I don't I've seen Avengers Age of Ultron maybe I saw it in the movie theater all the way through I don't know that I've seen it all the way through since then I I went to watch it once but I think I fell asleep a little at, at a couple of parts yeah. of it or something and um, I will, I kind of always like to give the original property not that it's you know they're all based on another property but Ant-Man was the one that kind of took a little bit of a risk and it's got a little bit of humor in it and I like that and so I, I put Ant-Man just a little bit it nudged it out just just slightly for me so that's what I had at number four well my number four well that, that was your number five no, my and number five was five Avengers. Was Ultron. Yeah, yeah, and so and for you that was Iron Man three. So what was your number four? My number four is Ultron. Okay, all right. So, um, and a lot for the lot of the same reasons why you just said. Um, for me, the the two standout sequences are uh, the first beginning of the film mm-hmm. when they're they're like running through the force, like it's. But then that one, it's that one long continuous shot that then ends with them all in the Avenger pose running forward. Exactly. That's because yeah. to me, that's great filmmaking. That's great chore- film uh, cho- choreography. I mean, you know what I mean? Camera choreography, like you set up a shot that just ends in this beautiful shot. I don't know. I, I love that stuff. Yeah. No. He, he does it in the first one too. And uh, so. For me, though, then the movie, while there are, uh, I don't want to say it is moments of action because I don't need action. The next time that I really cared about anything that happened in the movie is the final battle in Sokovia mm-hmm. and watching the team all come together. Yeah. Um, and that is a that is a great ending sequence to watch every single character at the same time really just get to thrive with their yeah with their specific uh with their specific powers against all of Ultron's army like it just it it all comes together so well when they're just they're in that circle huddled just each one of them is doing their own unique thing does war it machine all... show up at the end of that he does right no he doesn't like fly in at the very end i can't remember i don't believe so okay I, I honestly I've watched it I watched it once after it came out on Blu-ray, and I haven't put it back. Well, in it's since. it's either way. It's nice. I I do agree with you. There is, and you know what? It's like uh, there's a lot of care and attention into how a lot of that stuff was filmed, in how these characters move and what they do. Also, a really hilarious special feature is to watch them all surrounded when they're in that circle with the yep. camera spinning around them and they're attacking the robots. If you watch the making of that, there are no robots there, and it is hilarious to watch them. Yep. I forgot. There is a sequence after where they get ready to start the new training on the Avengers. Oh, yeah, when they're in the building. Yeah. And, and he goes, Avengers? And he goes to say assemble, and it cuts yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so 
uh, yeah, there are there are. I agree with you. There's there, there's moments in like for me, Ultron. Age of Ultron, it suffered from X-Men Days of Future Past had just come out that same year and introduced Quicksilver, and it was a much better version of Quicksilver. And he had a moment that stole the show, whereas this Quicksilver was like, meh, you don't really care about him. Like, uh, I didn't I really don't... care about either the Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver in Ultron, though. It was Civil War that turned me around on... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even agree with Quicksilver. While they took two way different approaches between yeah. the two movies... Um, I, I think both of them were, I, I think both of them were well represented for, for the two, the, uh, the two bits that they were. Um, but I will say that spoiler Quicksilver's demise in Ultron, it just felt too rushed. I agree. Um, it's, it, they could have taken the character a lot further, but I wish he'd had like a bigger, an even bigger moment to kind yeah. of have that thing. But I agree. So that's, that's kind of where it's down there. But, um, so that's our one through four. So I have at three, I have Iron Man three. That's where I put mm-hmm. it for there. So what's your number three? My number three is actually Ant-Man. I know I, I like don't that. like mm-hmm. speak super highly of it uh, per se, but with Ant-Man where I where I really enjoy it is that, um, like I just said, I've only watched Ultron. I watched it in theaters when we went to see it. I think I watched bits of it in an airplane once and then once on Blu-ray once I got it home. Uh, I just said once, like six times there. Yeah. Uh, and he watched the movie once. And uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, but with Ant Man, um, I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't experience it oh. until the first time when I, I uh, got it for home, and I, I found myself to ha- see that that has a lot of repeatability. And mm-hmm. it, um, it's it because let's be honest, while it is a superhero movie. It's more of a comedy. First. It's lighthearted for so. sure. I, I and it's you know what? It's a welcome. It was a welcome uh, follow up to a, what was a very dark Avengers movie. Yeah, and I mean, so much of the Marvel movies up to that point were were based on you know a little bit of lighthearted fun humor mixed with the action, uh, with a, you know like obviously the Avengers standing out as really it was an action comedy mm-hmm. kind of together. Um, and then for the first time with Ant-Man, they kind of went more comedy yeah. than action. And I think they I, were I taking that note. Off. Yeah, I think it paid off. And I think yeah. they were taking that note from Guardians. I think that's really that gave them that safety net where they were like, OK, well, we can do ridiculous. We just have to acknowledge it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Guardians had humor in it, too, on the same level as the first Avengers. But for me, something about watching a comedy, I can put that on over and over again and not get burnt out on it, but mm. an action movie I can only watch so many times. Well, because it's um, kind of one of those you can't put it on the background because then when it gets to the action where there's no talk, there's not a lot of talk. You're missing it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it demands your your eyes. You know. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I do like the lighthearted. I do like Ant Man. I. I there, I, I am divided in that. Where like it's not a it's not a perfect movie, but I say, but you know, it's entertaining. It's lighthearted and it's entertaining. It's the civil war of your heart. <laughs> oh, really? So my number two. So our top two here, I think, are going to be the same. Right. But I'm curious which where we go. So my number two is the Winter Soldier, hmm. and it's because I love political thrillers. I. Finally have been turned around on Captain America. Oh, I know what I was going to say before before I get too far into this. Okay, so my other issue with Age of Ultron is Iron Man 3, the reason why I like it so much, has such a really good cathartic end to Tony Stark's storyline. And he finally is like embracing, I am a hero, I am whatever. And then the se- Iron Man sets up this, or uh, Age of Ultron sets up this darker aspect to his personality where he's trying to invent the safety net. And so he invents, uh, he creates... Um, vision and and then it kind of it's been continuing that note since then where it's almost like tony's becoming the bad guy and i don't like that because the whole idea was he was the bad guy in the beginning he was the arms dealer that then became the hero and so it seems like like i have that major issue in civil war too that it just he just kind of takes the side of the government that it just happened too easily that's that part of it he's not a villain he's more of an anti-hero yeah and i don't know it just it hasn't been he hasn't been rubbing me the same way since then but but either way, um, I put Captain America at number two because the Winter Soldier for me was just such I the the first Avenger is probably my least favorite um, MCU film. Maybe Thor: The Dark World. I'm not sure which one I'd rather not watch more. Um, but it 
It uh, so that the Winter Soldier, directed by the the Russo brothers, made seven hundred fourteen point three million dollars. Really good. Surprised it wasn't more than that. It just it had some great twists and turns in there. It 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 was really cool. It was I would argue like our first kind of team up movie that wasn't an Avengers because it finally had a spot for um, Black Widow to kind of play in. Nick Fury's got finally has a really great action scene that he can be that he can be a part of. You know, um, and. I don't know. There's just there's a lot of really great, really well filmed action scenes yeah. in this movie, and I and I love, I love that it's so socially relevant. Where it's it, you know this is where the character of Captain America for me thrives the most. Where they took this guy who comes from a time when it was very black and white, and they put him in this gray time where you know okay, well you want to you want to um, you know protect people and be this hero a little more, but. In order to really protect people, you know, it's that whole like we give up a little yeah. bit more of our civil rights every day. And Steve Rogers is having more and more of a difficult time dealing with that. This movie really brilliantly showcases that really, really well. well to the point where like he becomes the he becomes the anarchist, you know? Yeah. And I mean that's why that's some of the reasons why I have that as my number one. Yeah. Um in my opinion, while I think Guardians of the Galaxy you know, in in twenty thirty years from now, I can see the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that depending on how how Volume Two goes and uh, Volume Three, but I, I could see that withstanding the test of time, breaking out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole and just surviving as this well remembered trilogy on yeah. its own. Um, because it really, I mean, that was part of it. It it was the first movie that had really nothing to do with any of the other it, Marvel movies. Yeah, it's so and, weird. It does and it doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, you could never have watched any of them and never watch any of them after yeah. it, and you would very much enjoy that movie all on its own with no research. Yeah, whatsoever. no, it, it was a standalone movie that if it failed, it failed. Mm-hmm. But if it didn't, then it would be able to have a bigger, uh, a bigger part of the rest of um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and. I, but sorry, going back to to Captain America: Winter Soldier, for me, it is the most well made of any any Marvel film at all. Uh, so well that you know it's it, it's literally it it almost doesn't feel like it fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, because it is just directed that well. Everything. Yeah. Everything clicks in this movie. Um, to me, it this was the turning point. Something like Guardians, I I don't know how that would have done if Winter Soldier wouldn't have kind of boosted it up. Because you have to think about it. You know, Agents of Shield also debuted the same year as Winter Soldier. Well, and that's the, show the thing that, is the show that hinged on the twist exactly in. in so essentially, people are like, oh, "I don't like Agents of Shield. It wasn't very good." Yeah, the, it shouldn't have started when it started. It should have been a mid-season premiere because that show literally relied, and it has been amazing since then. But it relies on the 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 turning point yep. of Shield and Hydra. Yeah, and I think, and if you look at when it was released, it was the turning point in the cinematic universe. Yeah. It took it. While Avengers was the one that put its foot down and said, "Okay, we have, we have something good here. We mm-hmm. have this big thing." Winter Soldier is where it, for me, where it turned and said, "No, we have staying power. We can be, we can be." And I don't want to say artistic because there is a much big difference between art films, indie films, and these kind of blockbusters. But this is this is where it said we can be something more yeah. than just sci-fi comic book movies we can take it to the next level and something that everyone's been trying to do differently since with guardians trying to take a new twist on the space opera or Um, logan was like a western yes you know it's people it's 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 um i i don't mean to put this person out here but m night Shyamalan has had you know in in his prime the things he does is he writes um genre pieces and people always confuse that with oh this guy's a horror writer and it's not what he's doing he's taking one genre and putting it into another and like 
he lets the tropes play yeah. off of each of the, and that's kind of the genius here is that even if you're not somebody that's like oh well I identify these pieces of film this way or that way but it's ingrained in you subconsciously yeah. so it's 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 a language you learned how to speak that you don't even know you knew how to speak and so like you might not be able to communicate it that way but you can see that it's different and yeah. these are the reasons why and I agree with you I do think it was the one that was like we can step out of a we can step out of a marvel um, blueprint or a superhero blueprint, and we can still be successful and tell a story really well. You yep. know, it's the same reason why the Mission Impossible, I, I think, like Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation, succeeds so well yep. is that it seems like they went with a story first and put, ev- and then went backwards and put the action in after that. You know, um, and 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 I agree, and I and and so I agree with you. And the only reason Guardians edged it out, it, again, right there, head to head for me, Guardians a little bit more, just because. It appeals to that uh, ridiculous. I I like movies that are can be ridiculous, but also be an excellent movie while being ridiculous. It's very colorful. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, it's fun. It's humorous. It's really like comparing apples and oranges. So it's really like one day I'm going to want to watch this one. The other day I might want to watch this one. It's not as simple as saying this one's better than this one. It's just kind of like for me that was the like. It, it's really the epitome that they're like, they're on those two movies are like, this is Marvel's got gold going now. Yeah. You know? No, I, in my love for Winter Soldier, I don't want that to take anything away from Guardians. Uh, Guardians is an epic, epic movie. Um, it just, it, it clicks on every single on every single level um, where Winter Soldier lacked a lot of that humor. It shouldn't have had it. It's a, it is a political thriller. Well, I, and... a, a similarity here, though, is, I, and I meant to say this when you were talking about Winter Soldier, is the chemistry yeah. is phenomenal between Scarlett Johansson, uh, uh, Chris Evans, and uh, Anthony Mackie, Sam Jackson. Yeah. And you, you can tell that they have chemistry with the directors. I think Guardians also excels with that same thing. They made another ensemble piece with excellent chemistry in, yep. in every aspect of filmmaking. You know? Yeah, all, all around with everyone, with... With even uh, having like John C. Riley and uh, Glenn yes, Close yeah. and um, you know just in in little bit parts in it, but they just all, all worked so well um, throughout the entire thing. And uh, you know, it's it, the movie just makes you smile the entire exactly, time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, there's still nothing wrong with the pacing of it. Uh, I've just watched it very recently from nearly the start. Uh, you know, I just caught it on TV and didn't turn it off. So, um, but I, just watching it, it's like, okay, this is this is really good. It never, it never lacks right. at it's, any it, point. So. It's charming all, through and through. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it takes those tropes, those dramatic tropes, and it kind of flips them on their head too. You know, a little bit. The end, the finale scene, and you're like, oh no, Star Lord versus this guy, and then he makes a dance off yeah. crying out loud. You know, but then it's what what could be easily too cheesy it rides that line of cheese and excellent yeah. so well because like you know the scene where they're all going to grab each other yeah and you're like this could be cheesy but at the same time you're like yeah they're like they're finally a team and and i just love that scene where peters grabs the stone and yeah. he like and it's um gamora reaching for him and it, he sees the mother and it's like yeah. take my hand and i just it, it's one of those like it Excellent actors in that film too. Really well cast. Um, but but that's so that's perfect segue into let's hope the next one delivers on this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm already slightly. I this is going to sound stupid, but I'm slightly worried for one reason and one reason alone is that in the marketing now they they released the full soundtrack mm-hmm. for Volume Two. I saw it. Yeah, and. The one thing that I'm annoyed about with it is they said, well, here's the full the full release of Volume 2 music, but if you've watched Guardians of the Galaxy, then you know that the they two songs be- that kick off Volume 2 are um, oh. Ain't No Mountain High Enough and um, the I Jackson Want You Back. Th- oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the those are the two songs that are... And I know that... Well, well, they were already released them twice, yeah. But but it's still important for the for me. It's important for the filmmaking because continuity. The the movie has the first Guardians. It is Peter playing this cassette over and over again. So if these songs aren't part of it, when they were clearly part of uh, Volume okay. Two, you're worried since they're not included on the soundtrack, they're not going to be included in the movie. 
Yes. So okay. So my theory is they're actually in the movie and they're just not doubling on the soundtrack. And I'm fine. I have... and that's and I agree with you. I, yeah. I do think I think that at least one of the two of those song one of those songs need to at least be alluded to or played. But he might not even we might not even see the cassette player. This just literally might be the soundtrack of the movie. Yeah, and that's why there hasn't been enough early stories with it. It's uh, I think they did the exclusive with Rolling Stone um, to release the the list of everything that was going to be on there. Yeah, uh, some really really great music will be a part of Volume Two. I can run through it really quickly. So yeah. it's uh, Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra, Fox on the Run by Sweet. You heard that in one of the I believe yeah. the first trailer. Lakeshore Drive by uh, Eliota Haynes, Jeremiah, The Chain, Fleetwood Mac. You heard that in the second trailer. I think that was great. Um, Bring It On Home to Me, Sam Cooke, Southern Knights, Glenn Campbell, My Sweet Lord, George Harrison, uh, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, Looking Glass, uh, Come a Little Bit Closer, Jay and the Americans, Wham Bang, Shang Alang, Silver, Surrender, Cheap Trick, Father, uh, excuse me, Father and Son, Yusuf or Cat Stevens, and Flashlight, Parliament, and then Guardians Inferno, The Sneepers, featuring David Hasselhoff. Yeah, which that's yeah, that's what a lot of the talk's been around is this is an original song created for the movie with David Hasselhoff in it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just reading that so, too. That's interesting. Yeah. This comedic original co-written by Gunn and score composer Tyler Bates is meant as a sort of Guardian's take on Miko's disco Star Wars theme. Gunn is particularly proud of the line that rhymes pro procon loader i.e. raccoon, as in Bradley's raccoon, with motor. They recruited David Hasselhoff as vocalist largely because he's supposed to be one of Peter Quill's childhood heroes. Interesting. Yeah. That, I doubt, I, that, I bet that's a credit song. I, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I, I am, I am, uh, I'm excited for this film. What, but as of the recording of this, we have about a week and a half. Yes. As, as of the time you hear this, it'll probably be a week. Um, so May 4th, look forward to that. I'm excited. You're excited. Nanu, nanu. He doesn't want to get his hopes up too much. But um, but anyway, I think, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. I'd say we'd do phase three, but there's only two, essentially just two movies now. So yeah. we can't do it yet. So uh, look for our ranking of phase three in the year 2019. Um, hey, I, I can rank them right now. Uh, Doctor uh, Strange 2, Civil War 1. It doesn't even list Doctor Strange 2 in that. No, I mean Doctor Strange oh, is my number saying, two uh, right okay. now. And okay, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so I would agree with your ranking on this oh. one as well. Um, wow. for the first time yes. ever, <laughs> we have ranked all the movies in this phase together. So that's it. I'm curious to see um what what are your favorites in Phase Two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you agree with the list? Do you disagree with the list? Um, are there ones in here that you just hate? Um. So let us know in the comments section of this video. If you're listening, let us know Dis Pop Show, um, all that fun stuff. And uh, super excited. Uh, stay tuned for our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review, which will be coming to you next Friday um, on the next episode of Dis Pop.